0: The views and opinions expressed on this platform are of me, myself, and I, not any agency I'm affiliated with. So please do not take what I say personally. Today on the podcast, I have my first female guest one of my good friends over at the agency I work at her name is Liz Reeder very happy to have her on I'm happy to be here if you want to we'll just go ahead and jump on in if you want to like give me your background tell me about your journey in EMS like why you got into this job you start from EMT basic to paramagician what paramagician. you got magician Ooh,
1: <laughs> all right <laughs> Let's call myself that um no <laughs> So I originally wanted to be a nurse and so I was like, you know, doing all those prereqs and I was in like human biology or whatever prerequisite. And I was literally just sitting there and I I had a premonition. I was like, You should be an EMT and I was like, Yeah, I should be an EMT and I changed my major that night. <laughs> like no no thought. <laughs> I was just like, This feels right. <laughs> And then I literally changed my major and I changed all my courses for the next semester to the EMT basic courses. And then I went there and they were like, hey, we have like a, a bridge program so you can be an RN. And I was like, this is perfect because I like, you know, I'll just still be an RN. And the more I learned, like the more I saw, I was like, this is OK. I don't want to be an RN anymore. And then I was also working in the hospital as like a CNA. And I was like, man, like, I really want to be a nurse to get experience. <laughs> when I started, and I worked on a med search floor, and I saw what nurses do, and I was like, this is not what I want to do.
0: <laughs> I've changed my mind.
1: I've changed my mind. <laughs> I don't want to pass meds all day, and I, you know, certainly don't like wiping butts. So right. I was like, maybe I'll just be a paramedic. <laughs> so that I did. <laughs> and here I am today. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad you made the choice. I think it was the wise choice.
1: Yeah. Well, I love it. I think I have a hard time, like, in a controlled environment. I don't know. It's like some people thrive on that, but I don't. <laughs> like, but it's so fun. Like, I, we get to be, like, driving around, and I'm like, I'm getting paid to go to Maverick right now. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, I get to go to the gas station, and I'm making money. No, I love it. I also realize I'm a bit of a control freak. Like the first time I got in the back of the ambulance by myself, <laughs> like, you know, you do all your student rides and then you do your like work, FTO, training rides, whatever. First time I'm in the back by myself, I was like, man, I should do an EKG. And I like turned to look at my preceptor who wasn't there. <laughs> oh. And I was like, I can do an EKG. <laughs> like, I don't have to ask anyone. I can just do it. <laughs> and then I, I just became power hungry. I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: So how long have you been like in EMS total? What's like your lifespan right now of EMS?
1: My lifespan, I've been on my own, I guess, a paramedic for 10 months. But before that, um, I worked in the hospital in the ER. So it's not like they're totally different. They are like completely different realms. So I've had a couple, before I was a paramedic, I had like three years of hospital experience. Mm -hmm. So I have that.
0: Before being a medic, did you like did you work on the ambulance at all, or was it, like, a whole different world? It
1: was, like, a whole different world. Like, the only ambulance experience I had was, like, my student rants as a medic, but I also got my medic in COVID, so I, like, oh. my EMT basic class was, like, I remember the February where everything shut down, I was in my basic class, so I, like, didn't get any experience on the ambulance until I was a paramedic student. Dude, that's hard. Which is, which was wild, but.
0: Commendable, though.
1: proud of you yeah it was nice I don't know but I feel like working in the hospital really helped me especially working in the ER because I like had the doctors right there and nurses and I got to see things come in you know what I mean I think it helped to see that side before like going into something completely unhinged
0: and (laughs) just you know which I love (laughs) okay tell me about one of my favorite things right now. Like I think about ever since you showed us this, I think about this on almost a weekly basis. Amazing. Tell me about, tell me about what you got. So when I worked
1: on the med search floor, uh, you meet a lot of interesting people. <laughs> so I had this patient and I'll just describe him to you. He's like six foot five, maybe standing up, but he was there for a, uh, an amputation. But it was, like, at his hip um, because he had such bad, like, diabetes. Like, he did not control anything. And so I say six foot five standing up because he, like, couldn't walk. But he was there for an amputation. And I was his tech after the surgery. And he had, like, a beard all the way down to his belly button. Like, you know, those serial killer glasses. <laughs> like, smells like smoke. You know what I mean? Like, just, you know, awesome. And then... Um, he would, he was just the most wild friend I've ever met, (laughs) and what he would do is he would be, like, I'd I'd go check on him, and he'd be, like, writing furiously, like, with his pen. He'd be writing these stories, and every night, I had him, like, three nights in a row, he'd be like, would you go copy this for me? Make, like, 20 copies. I'm like, okay. (laughs) 20? It's not my paper, so (laughs) I said yes. (laughs) I'm like this is coming out of the mountain, of my paycheck. Anyway, so <laughs> I'd make up these copies. In um, <laughs> he ended up giving me this book that he wrote. It's a children's book, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he just wanted to influence this generation. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but, but he also <laughs> um, on his like last night there. Uh, we discovered that he was smoking pot, and we found we found his pot stash. <laughs> so you're like, why does it smell like you know weed in here? <laughs> and we took it away, and he got really mad. <laughs> so he wrote he wrote me a letter, <laughs> and um, I will read it to you because <laughs> it's you know anyway, it's almost religious for me. So. <clears throat> All right, rules are for fools. You are one. Follow along. You go to school your whole, whole life long so you can sing the same old song your elders did. Sing along. It does not matter right or wrong. Follow along. Do what your teacher, preacher, elder programmed you to do. Listen to the law. It can't be wrong. So what in it makes it wrong for me to have my pot? In the
0: hospital. In the (laughs) hospital.
1: Um, the con. <laughs> he lives next door. Rules. Okay, I can't even read this. Rules the fools that live here, these United States of America. But the rule change from door to door, from rich to poor, floor to floor, state to state. How much you pay for your license. <laughs> Rules for rich, for poor, for the color of your door. Your skin does not matter. <laughs> You were programmed in school to do it our way. Confused? Go to jail. <laughs> Think. How can we change the rule for the over-programmed tool that tells us what to do?
0: I feel like I need like, snapped.
1: It touched me. <laughs> it's poetic in a way. I know. It's like he just had a lot of feelings, and he shared them, and I just really appreciate That respect. Yeah. My favorite part is probably, um, go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you want to hear his
0: children's book? I would love to hear the children's book. Right.
1: <clears throat> Cheerfulness is wisdom. Oh, that's actually cute. That's cute I'm going to yeah. put that on my wall. Showing true, is it understanding? There are always too many variables to be sure. To know for a fact. Wisdom is understanding. Nobody knows all. Then smile and keep moving. They will bury or burn you if you don't. It says, titled, Random Thoughts. My new book. Most people in quotation marks, peepholes. Spelled peepholes. Um, are you? Yes. Will not even try to comprehend. They will not keep up. So apparently this book is like so intense that most people won't comprehend it.
0: Oh, but it's a children's book.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but shock, what? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like read this. I don't know what. Okay. Shock therapy from head to toe. <laughs> One body, one mind. Coma equals shock. What can it hurt? Deep thought. I don't think so. (laughs) All right. uh, Plant and grow. Do not be slow. Okay, I will help you. All I hope will too. And then it says Fredonia, Arizona, Amazon. That's what we will call us. Our, Our organization. We can do what we want. Plant and grow a seed in your mind. Oh, he called himself the Blue Sage. Oh. So.
0: Wait, is that his number on the bottom?
1: Oh my gosh, that's his number. And then it the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote bugs with a question mark. And then drew a picture of a spider. <laughs> that's amazing. Aww. Oh, cute. Okay, all right, this is the story. So, chapter <laughs> this one. Is this <laughs> is it? This is the children's book. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> I cast a smell on you. You will always smell of a dirty cell in prison, (laughs) the mean witch said. (laughs) But he laughed and laughed. She's a good witch now. (laughs) Until his first date, the good-looking girl said, You stink. I will not stay close to you. Goodbye. (laughs) Now this started him thinking. He became a public speaker for his kids. For kids. Oh, (laughs) He would tell the smell-spell story, then let them smell him. Here, <laughs> kids, come smell me! <laughs> <laughs> a, whisk, a witch cat's to me! <laughs> I mean, at least, like, you know, well, I wish that I could say that. Yeah. Then I wouldn't have to shower. <laughs> right. It's, it's all the witch. Yeah. <laughs> the witch did it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Then he would talk to the kids about real life. He had been in jail and prison. 20 or more different jobs. And he could talk. He, he could talk. He knew lots of things. Beaver, <laughs> The environment. Diet law. Etc. Oh, I think he means the environment.
0: Oh, okay. That almost like
1: uh, environment. <laughs> I know the environment. <laughs> okay. He knew many things, but he could always change his mind. Hey, I actually like that yeah. philosophy. <laughs> I can always change my mind. With new knowledge, understand he was always open to new. He could set in his ways, but he could accept change. Wow. Oh, okay, okay. This is, uh, this is a, a, a pace change? Uh-uh. <laughs> well, the coyotes came in that night. They tore, they killed his knee. Most oh. of the skin was gone. Just tendons, crystal, and bone left in a queer way. It felt good to him. Oh good. He yelled at them, "Come back, you sons of!" Finish <laughs> the job. <laughs> then, Lucky showed up. What? He what? what is
0: Lucky? I don't know.
1: <laughs> the coyote. <laughs> it's the witch. Oh, Lucky showed up. He had another head of pot, and let Lucky clean up his knee. The doctor said. No one has that much mind control. <laughs> You're wrong. He does. So, mind control. <laughs> Is this, like, an an allegory of his experience? I want to say yes. Like, has he been to prison? <laughs> and has he had 20-plus jobs?
0: Did a witch cast a spell on him? And maybe
1: he was a little
0: stinky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it all comes full circle. I know. Well, I'm trying to think, like, because he had his leg chopped off
0: yeah maybe the wolves or the coyotes are the diabetes
1: yeah i mean i guess that would make sense like it's just his perspective also fun fact about this patient (laughs) he was upset because they took his leg they like chopped it off and he was super mad because he wanted his leg back so he's like you know yelling at the doctors like i want my leg back and they were like why do you want your leg back anyway because i remember the first day i had him he was super upset that he couldn't have his leg And then the next day, he's, like, all happy and jolly. He's, like, they gave my friend my leg. Like, what are you talking about? The doctor was, like, I guess it's your leg, (laughs) so uh, you can have it, I guess. His friend came in and got his leg and took it back to this patient's house and buried it under the tree for him because this patient wanted to give back to Mother Earth. So he was, like, I need you to bury my leg under my tree. And his friend did. So there's a whole leg. I kid you not, from like the hip down, diabetes infested leg under this guy's under tree. The... Yeah. For Mother
0: Earth. Eat up, Mama Earth. Eat up! <laughs> Dater's ready. You're gonna like this. you Mama gonna Earth. like this. It's just sweet. <laughs> <laughs> <babies>. <laughs> <Anyway>. Grizzled. Grizzled. <laughs>
1: Let's see. I remember reading this. Um, This is my favorite part abstinence is one way to hell. <laughs> I just can't get over that. I'm like, yeah. All you virgins, <laughs> get jiggy. Get jiggy. <laughs> because the time is now. Uh... <laughs> you know, I mean, free love, right? I just, you know, feel really inspired. Um, laziness and all is another. Alcohol is a big help. If you want to fix anything in your body or mind, go for a walk. Mm. Be happy. You can. Your past will not last unless you let it. Wait, that is so good. That's actually really good. Crap. I got There's, like, nonsense, and then he drops, like, a diamond like that. <laughs> I'm like, maybe he knew I needed this. <laughs> Ta- oh, see, here it is. Talk to your dog. <laughs> Yourself. Get better. <laughs> um, our deeds follow us, and what we have done have been makes us what we are. Just definitions. Either prevent or put an end to disputes, No man is happy without a dream, a delusion of some kind. Delusions are as necessary to our happiness as realities. There is always hope, even if the one who needs to see it does not. Wait, okay, this is actually, like, good. (laughs) I've never read, like, past the abstinence part, so maybe that's my problem.
0: (laughs) At the same time, though, Liz, like, talk to your dog and yourself, and you'll be better. Like, I mean... When yeah. I talk to myself, people ask questions. That's true,
1: but <laughs> that means you're just talking to yourself in the wrong places. You're right. Because like if I talk to myself alone in the shower, then nobody's gonna get mad at me. But That's if true. I'm at Walmart <laughs> actually Walmart's not if I'm at Costco Yeah, <laughs> then, say, then, need higher class. then they'll, you know, take care of... Yeah, might call the cops, but
0: <laughs> But I will get better.
1: But I will get better <laughs> My mind cannot rest in the present world, for it can conceive and believe in a better world to come. Belief in a better life to come is my reason for life. I will work for that life, and all and any ways I can. I will work to get the kids on the green track trail. I will think they can. They will help me. We can make our earth green and alive. Greenhouses will work. They are a good place to start. You have to walk if you can. He can't walk. Yeah, that's what about to They say, took that's... his leg off. P.S. If you want to understand the human mind, study philosophy. Think. What makes me tick, tick, tick? And then he signs it, the blue sage. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's the last page. Um.
0: Did you learn anything? <laughs> I learned a lot. I feel like my, my fifth eye is open.
1: I was going to say, I think I need to pray about this
0: a little bit of higher power inside of this.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, he's living his truth. <laughs> I yeah, I I don't know where he's at right now. I I think about him sometimes and I just like he's probably dead <laughs> like realistically. Probably. But I mean, I hope he's okay. Building greenhouses somewhere.
0: <laughs> right, making the earth green again.
1: Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's my uh patient that will stick with me forever. My little present.
0: <laughs> There's so much good that we can all glean from that.
1: Yeah. I'm going to, yeah,
0: think about it. Journal about it.
1: <laughs> Pray
0: about it. Pray about
1: it.
0: <laughs> so in your journey of, like, pre-EMS, now you're an EMS, um, and, like, I know, like, you said you've only been doing this, you know, 10 months, whatever. That's still, it's still plenty of time to uh, wonder why you even joined EMS like why even Every day. <laughs> as soon as I clock in um so like overall like what keeps you going in EMS and like what helps prevent burnout what keeps you going like when you're driving into work like what keeps you from putting the car in reverse and saying nope.
1: Repping around the telephone pole uh... <laughs> sorry this is this PG I don't know <laughs> but no um I feel like when I first started like when I first was on my own like I literally every day I was like I hate my job <laughs> like this is the worst thing that's ever happened not you know but like I, I literally would go home and just like cry because I was like this is so bad but then I also was picking up all these extra shifts um I didn't have like a set like partner or station or shift like I, I was on your facility I worked like four days a week and then I was, you know, get held over or pick up and, you know what I mean? Like just working so many hours and not consistently. And I feel like I never saw my family. I never saw my husband. Like it sucked. And I literally was like, why, why am I doing this? And I remember thinking like, I'm putting so much energy into this company that honestly doesn't really care about me. (laughs) And so one day I literally just like, I can't remember. I was like emailing like scheduling or someone in charge and they just, I just kept I think it was about my schedule. Something dumb. It was, like, minute. And <laughs> I couldn't get it figured out. And they, like, wouldn't email me back. All this stuff kept happening. And I literally remember that one day I just, like, <laughs> I snapped. <laughs> I just, like, decided that this can't be, like, my priority. And I think up until that point it had become, like, I'm a paramedic. I do EMS. Like, it was, like, a part of my personality. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people do that you know we are paramedics you know like right. and it is a huge part of our lives but i think i had been almost defining myself as like a paramedic but then i had to like so i started i like took a step back stopped picking up so many overtime shifts and actually figured out who i was as a person isn't that crazy <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait there are lives outside of this job i dude
1: <laughs> it's amazing <laughs>
0: plot twist when i told liz like yeah come over to my house we're actually in the station right now we're
1: actually yeah um i'm in the back of the ambulance (laughs) alexis is starting an iv on me (laughs) her eyes are closed (laughs) help when i first started i did not have it in accordance of like what medication i should give like it was always like is getting past that like can i get do this like approval for my preceptor and then realizing like there's nobody here (laughs) like you have your partner but like they're driving yeah You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And I feel like going in with confidence, especially being a woman in EMS, dude. (laughs) Like that segue. (laughs) 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 Because, like, I found, okay, especially with certain fire departments that we work with, uh, if I don't go in, like balls swinging like they <laughs> will walk all over me yeah. and that was like a hard lesson i had to learn when i was first because you wouldn't know this but i'm really shy <laughs> what i know
0: but your favorite color is orange But my
1: favorite color is orange i know <laughs> how did you know that we talked about it Oh, <laughs> cute you remembered i didn't even remember that because it's so it's so you liz oh i'm gonna cry <laughs>
0: anyway there are no emotions here oh i'm
1: sorry This is EMS. bring it in
0: <laughs> this is what you get as a female <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i can't my hormones <laughs> we could talk about that though like <laughs> i feel like there's like an expectation in what's the word society you know what i mean like women have to be feminine and and you know that whole gender role whatever and then you come into EMS and I feel like you hear paramedic or firefighter that they're thinking like macho man and then you think of a female one and they're like oh she's just one of the guys you know what I mean it's like I feel like there's a standard and I feel like I don't I don't meet that standard (laughs) I'm like oh my gosh guys hey what's up I can't lift more than 20 pounds (laughs) so that's been hard (laughs) I don't know, like, I feel like I've never personally been, like, like uh, victimized or, or prejudiced upon mm. <laughs> for being a woman, but I I do lean into that uh, stereotype a lot. Like, when I had, like, my partner, <laughs> my male partner, <laughs> I'm like, will you lift the gurney. <laughs> I can't do it.
0: <laughs> this is heavy. Well, this is so heavy. <laughs> like, even with, like, me and my partner. Um... It's too, like, we're two girls, and Jamin's smaller than me, so, like, I don't mind, even, like, recently when I worked with another, another girl, like, <laughs> she's even smaller than my regular partner, uh-huh. so I wouldn't even say it's a double standard, because, like, yeah. I'll call for the fire department, and then when they get there, I'm, like, lifting stuff and, like, trying to prove yeah. myself. I know my limits.
1: Right. Um, no, okay, the biggest thing for me is the confidence of the fire departments. Yeah. And I feel like it's what you said, like, you sometimes feel like you have to prove yourself. Even though you don't. So, uh, yeah, I had a call. It was a car accident. And it ended up being a trauma one, but on the way to the call, uh, the notes said, like, extrication required.
0: Get out, Get out the spreaders! She's literally walking out of the car.
1: Literally. And then, like, the next
0: note is
1: the door is open.
0: So, if you listen to last week's episode, you heard at the end where... After Tyler's amazing story about the patient that got ROSC and they flew him out and all this stuff, just a really good outcome of a patient. I had to explain what happened because the audio cut off and I don't know why I don't do technology. I don't, I don't know if it's my equipment. I don't know. Anyways, on this episode, even though I recorded it in person with Liz, my mic kept going, but Liz's mic just shut off. I still don't know why. I don't, I've had to switch the cables of the two different mics. I don't, it's just very frustrating. It is significantly, um, sorry, mom, it's pissed me off. I'm very upset because I, I'm i going to have to talk out the rest of that call on top of, there's another call that we talked about with Liz's weirdest call. And like, I just, I lost that. And it just, it, it has disrupted the flow. Anyways, what happened with Liz's call was that the, what transpired with the patient was that the patient was swerving around on the road and ended up crashing into like this ditch that was like a concrete barrier and just not a good environment. Um, and he was going around 45 miles per hour, had no brakes, and just crashed. So when Liz got down to the patient in this ditch area, he was pale, cool, diaphoretic, he had a thready pulse, and he's clutching his abdomen in obvious pain. Liz talks about how like the door would open, but it wouldn't open all the way so yes the patient could have gotten out with the size that he was but the fire department captain got there and was like okay so how do you want to extricate and Liz is explaining to him like we don't need to we need to get him out of here this is not what he needs he needs to get down to the surgical center all the while while Liz is like holding this patient down by the shoulders to keep him in the car because he's trying to get out the fire department captain is debating with Liz and up ahead like on the ground level basically like where the ambulance was parked somebody had the cutters and the spreaders and all that and were literally going around Liz's partner behind his back quite literally with all of this stuff so instead of having this pissing contest match with the fire department versus EMS and all that stuff they ended up it was it was evident that they were going to get their way so the fire department extricated the patient took 20 plus minutes on scene still so when they got the patient in the back The fire department crew, like they all hopped in. So it's like seven plus people in the back of this ambulance and they zone in on this patient's leg that's cut, but like has control bleeding. So they bandage it and they're asking where the bandages are and they're doing all the stuff until finally like Liz and her partner tell them like, you guys need to get out. One of them stays because he's trying to do a 12 lead. Nobody asked him to do a 12 lead, but he's doing a 12 lead. They're on their way to the hospital and the patient becomes confused, and he's asking the same repeated questions, and it's obvious, like, he's about to crash. So, uh, Liz listens to the lung sounds, and they're diminished. He's wheezing, all while he's still clutching his stomach in obvious pain on the backboard. Anyways, came down to it that the patient had a dissected inferior vena cava and a liver that the surgeon said it was the worst he's ever seen. Like, they opened the patient up, and he, they could not tell what it was. Turns out it's the liver. So it all came around whenever they dropped off a patient, like maybe an hour ish later, that the patient had actually coded on the surgery table. And Liz was beating herself up about it. But, you know, thank God that the patient was extricated, had his control bleeding cut on his leg bandaged, and they were trying to get a 12 lead, right? So Liz and her partner were actually called about this entire event in this scene and this entire call because. Like, this, the trauma surgeons were mad that the patient didn't have a C-caller when the fire department was, like, the entire operation of the extrication. But, like I told Liz, who's calling the fire department about their prolonged on-scene time due to the extrication? Nobody. And this is not, like, a jab at firefighters. This is not a jab at the need for extrication because it's, you have to sometimes. But, anyways. So we talked about the importance of, like, Just having that confidence on scene to be able to, to like, look at the crews and look at everybody on scene, including family, and saying, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is my final say. Y'all need to take a step back. Whatever you need to do because you know what's best for the patient. So we then talk about the importance of being able to, like, dissociate between this job and having enough respect for yourself to know when you need to stop. Like the recurrent theme I've had on the last few episodes where everybody said the best advice is to know when to stop, when to self-reflect and know your limits of when you're pulling too much over time, when you need to take care of yourself, the importance of having a hobby and being able to like have that other life outside of EMS. We also kind of talked about the need to uplift ourselves and our confidence, but also even more so, if not as equally important is uplifting each other in this field and giving grace when someone makes a mistake not to throw them under the bus but in the idea that we have to have each other's backs because there is no perfect provider so when you make a mistake you know you you want somebody to show that same amount of respect for you that like if you need to be talked to yeah sure but also like don't don't go throwing people and throwing shade and all you know just having each other's backs and another reason I'm so mad that the audio cut out and it just was trash because we talk about Liz's craziest call. Um, basically, what happened was that Liz and her partner had a new hired medic that day. Our setup is that there's somebody driving, the new hired rides up front, and then the other medic or whoever rides in the back. So they went to Subway, got got everybody a little sandwich, and they're driving back to the station. But they got a call for a medical alarm. It was a pendant push. So they're on their way, but they forgot to tell the medic in the back. So when they pull up to the house and the garage door is open, um, the new hire medic, like, went to the patient first. Liz is getting out. The new hire medic is coming back saying, Hey, she's agonal breathing. So they found the patient between the car and the garage and she's like on the ground, just not responsive. All of the things So when Liz goes back to the truck with the new hire medic and they're grabbing all the things, the medic in the back literally steps out and you'd have to know this medic. He steps out with his Subway sandwich in hand, still chewing on a bite and says, wait, are we on a call? And they're like, yes, she's not breathing. And like, (laughs) it's just, God, it's such a funny, I mean, it's unfortunate for the patient, but it's hilarious. So they load the patient up and they get the patient into the back and fire department's there and they're about to intubate. And one of the fire department crew members looks over and he's like, Hey, is that a sandwich on the counter? And they look over and in the back of the ambulance, the medic had placed his sandwich like on the counter next to the captain's chair where like you sit, if you're doing ride times or anything and literally like it's just sitting there. That's, that's part of this call now. So, uh, also, they did have a C-collar on this patient. Um, it just, oh God, it's so funny, and I'm I'm so sorry that the audio cut out. Later on, I asked Liz, like, if there was anything she would change, you know, about her journey in EMS, if she would still go into it, and she said she wouldn't change anything. Um, I agreed, and I'm going to throw in my part of that audio, and you can hear, like, it's just, it's screwed up. Just, I... Again, I don't know what happened, and I'm so sorry. I will resolve this before next week. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. Yeah. Huh. I was so excited to get my patch from the get-go, and like, yeah, I'm going to be a paramedic, and then I get it, and I'm like, everything's going to make sense. I'm so excited to do this. And then it's like after the first week, after a couple of, like, critical calls, I was back-to-back. I just remember driving home, and I'm like, I don't know why I've done this. So, like, if I could go back of, like, what I've learned now and the confidence thing, how much more confident I feel now. And, like, if I could go back to myself and be like, hey, I know you don't think you know what you're doing and you feel really inadequate and, like, everything's about to change. But if you could go back right now, you're going to meet Liz. You're going to meet all of the group work babes. You're going to meet all of these amazing providers. And, like, you're going to meet so many patients that even, like, in this state you don't even know, like, it's going to – it's worth it. Just – keep going. Anyway, so we talk about how this job really changes you, and the importance of how, like Liz talks about, the importance of how you can make an impact on your patients, and in turn, your patients impact you, and this job just, it changes you, but it's worth it, because there's no other job like this job. So um, overall, like, Liz was the breath of fresh air. She is one of the most uplifting and supportive friends that I have, and I'm so thankful for her. Somehow we got onto the topic of, I think I said something about like Liz is a queen or something like that. And I mentioned something like whenever everyone was like, oh, the queen of England's dead. I was like, no, Liz is fully alive and well. And Liz ended up giving me the most epic closing of any episode I've had so far, I think it's gonna be like comparable to no other episode closing. So so when you hear the closing it's uh it's Liz giving the sign off and um she adds in like the England anthem or something like that. It's like the Queen song. So I'm gonna add that. I'll add the bloopers and I'm sorry the audio's jacked up. I'm gonna be working on it. But with that
1: this is 22 of the Lit Podcast. <laughs> Signing off.
0: Can we make a show, EMS Unhinged? Unhinged. <laughs> you should title this episode. EMS
1: Unhinged. <laughs> it's just me breathing into the
0: microphone. <laughs> across the <laughs> the, <laughs> of the paper.
1: <laughs> and then the monitor just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to circle back back on back on track here. Uh, uh, welcome to Twenty Two at the Lips podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Alexis Hardwick. <laughs> Spot on. You <laughs> <gonna> start
0: wheezing. <laughs> Running like the entire shift, and then you're posted up. Like, yeah, you can do your chart while you're posted, or I could like, you know, catch a a thirty minute nap real quick. Maybe I'll sleep so
1: I don't crash the ambulance. (laughs) Maybe I don't want to accidentally cut my patient. I don't know. I'm trying (laughs) to think what I'd do.
0: It's hard to remember dosages of, you know, yeah. very important medications yeah. at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning as exactly,
1: is. You know, I'm trying to save this two-year-old. They're not breathing. But you know what? I did my chart. <laughs> I might not know the dose, but I did my chart. <laughs> it's all about patient care. Patient care. <laughs> Don't worry, Mima. You might not be able to breathe, but I will document this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it will be documented thoroughly. Thoroughly. <laughs> If patients knew how scared I am sometimes versus, like, how scared they are, they'd probably, like, take themselves to the hospital. I blame them. I'm like,
1: please drive your own car.
0: (laughs) There are certain calls that I'm like, I am more terrified than this entire family.
1: (laughs) The family's all like, oh, save him. I'm like, I don't know how.
0: (laughs) Crying, okay.
1: (laughs) we should call somebody who can help. (laughs) Seriously. We need to call an adult. (laughs) No, you are the adult. What is it? You are 911. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh my god!